Do you feel safe when you head out into the backcountry? Do you feel confident in your abilities to like assess a dangerous situation and know how to make a good decision? We get asked a lot here at Hike Like Woman about safety in the backcountry and um, and that's one of my goals at Hike Like Woman is to help women like you and like me feel confident and safe when they head into the backcountry. And while I have a lot of experience and expertise in things like risk management and environmental safety and first aid, one area that I don't have a lot of expertise in and one area that I feel like I knew a lot about a long time ago when I was serving in the army, but that I don't, I haven't really kept up those skills is talking about things like personal safety and personal protection and self-defense. And so I'm really excited to have Colette Beyer on the show today. In this episode, Colette and I talk about safety. We talk about everything from knowing how to trust your intuition to knowing how to be aware of your surroundings or situational awareness for those of you who served in the military or with law enforcement. We talk about things like tasers and pepper spray and bear spray and guns. And I loved this conversation with Colette. I learned a ton. And actually, after we wrapped up um, the interview, we started talking about a need for women to get together and learn these skills in person. So if you want to learn these skills in person, head on over to our website, hikelikewoman.com, fill out our short 20-second survey, and let me know if you'd like to learn more about this topic. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Colette. Colette, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. We actually were introduced through Subi Zimmerman's uh, Ready, Start, Set, Grow but that's a mouthful, her pro program, learning about Instagram marketing. And then I think uh, I went to my very first uh, live call uh, as part of that program. And you were like the star student because you were like waking up early and doing your homework. And I've been like the slacker student who hasn't even been in the Slack channel for like four months. And so I was like, oh, Colette's pretty cool. And she has this really fascinating background in law enforcement. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me, Rebecca. My background in like 30 seconds is that I spent, I'm a law school dropout that ended up in the political communications world um, in DC for the first seven years of my career. And I got oh so lucky and was laid off just short of my, just shy after my 30th birthday, right before Christmas. And I thought to myself, this is awful. I don't want to continue in with this life. What do I want to do? And Ferguson was on fire. Baltimore was on fire. I had always been drawn to law enforcement, wanted to serve in the military, couldn't make it happen with an old knee injury. But here we are. And I had a choice and I made that 180 degree turn and became a law enforcement officer and did that for just under five years. And I've been out now in the private sector for the last couple of years uh, as a full-time tactical trainer. So that means firearms, taser, baton for armed professionals, obviously, and we could talk about batons, um, pepper spray, you know, all the, all the things, right? Uh, but taser, especially um, for people that are not, um, interested in carrying a firearm. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, what really makes me different um, when I'm training, especially women, because that's who I predominantly do train. Um, I'm really focused on intuition development 
and really how you can hone your own survival signals to stay safe in any kind of a situation, no weapon required. I, I love that. I was, I, uh, so I have a background in the army too. I spent 17 years in the army and um, I, I was thinking a lot about intuition as I was getting prepared to chat with you today, because I think that's a topic that is, you know, everyone's like, buy a gun, buy pepper spray. But, but I think our intuition is super value. And I had an experience on a deployment where um, I had lots of experiences on deployments to Iraq where I relied on my intuition and um, one of my um, one of my missions was to go out and um, interact with the local women in Iraq, and the, I could get a lot of information from the local women. And I could learn a lot about what was going on in our area. And I remember uh, we were teaching English classes at Tikrit Women's College, and it was one of those moments where we didn't want to go in with like a full security detachment because we we didn't want to be intimidating or show that show that force because it wasn't necessary. It was a much like softer mission. And um, as we were leaving the women's college, I, I felt something and it was just like, you know how sometimes before you fall off your bike, everything is in slow motion. And it, it, for me, like everything was in slow motion. And I just, I was very like in tune with my body and with my situation. And just as like this heightened awareness popped up, we took gunshots from a rooftop and they weren't gunshots designed to like kill us or hurt us. They were gunshots saying like, we don't want you here talking to our women. And so we took care of the situation. Like we hustled and got in the vehicles. We didn't fire back because we couldn't see the threat. Um, but it was just one moment where I remember being very, very in tune with my surroundings and with myself. Did you ever have experiences like that as you were serving, as you, as you were serving and still continue to serve um, where it was like, you knew something was, you, you knew something was not right. Absolutely. Uh, my intuition saved my life without a doubt. And I can tell you a quick story about that before I do slow motion time is one of the things that is one of the, is one of the physiological symptoms of being faced with a threat. You may, you'll hear people say, and I tell my students this all the time, you may have auditory exclusion, meaning everything becomes very muffled and distorted, kind of like the Charlie Brown, you know, uh, cartoons as kids, wah, 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 wah. Like, so you might not hear properly. You become very fixated on whatever it is that's in front of you, whether it's a knife, a gun, whatever it may be, that's called tunnel vision, slow motion time. Um, issues with memory recall. These are all physiologically symptoms, um, loss of dexterity in your hands Ooh. and your fingers because all the blood moves from your extremities to your core to protect your vital organs. Oh. Yeah, so we can get into that more, but absolutely. So I became a police officer in 2015. And the summer of 2016, for those that don't remember this, was the summer where police officers were just being assassinated in their cars um, in the middle of the night. And I had raised my hand and said, I want to go to midnights because that's what real police officers do in air quotes here. So mm -hmm. I, you know, went ahead and became a midnights officer. And I used to just drive around all the time um, to kind of keep myself awake. I was really struggling with that. And I noticed a car in a park after dark. Eh, it was maybe like 
1 o'clock in the morning. The car shouldn't be there. And I got my binoculars out because one of the things that I'll teach today and we'll talk about is that distance is your friend for every bad situation. You want distance. So I stayed at a distance and I was able to see with my binoculars that there was a man passed out behind the wheel. He was breathing. So I knew that was okay. But there's something just wasn't right. It was an older truck. I ran the tag. I came back to an elderly woman who was from a they were from an area that was pretty far out on the edge of the state. And it happened to be an area where there was a lot of um, drug running activity. And the highway that was in our jurisdiction happened to be a route for a lot of drugs. So I went and did the smart thing. I went and got an adult. And I <laughs> I found a SWAT team member that had been on for like 13 years. And I said, hey, can we go look at this car? Something's just not right. Yeah, sure. Let's go. And I'm driving over there. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of gun, 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 pounding chest, this the, the blood was just pulsing and pounding my heart in my head. I mean, I could just hear the thumping. I was sweating. I had no reason to know. This car came back to like an 80-year-old woman, right? And we come up on the car and we approach the vehicle. Textbook looks like a, out of a police academy scenario. And as my partner turned to look into the next car to make sure that there was nobody in it, I just looked down and I said, Ryan, gun. And sure enough, there was a loaded... 40 caliber semi-automatic handgun out of a holster sitting on the seat. There were Jose Cuervo bottles all over near the car. The guy was just absolutely hammered. And thankfully, we were able to give him commands and get him out of the vehicle and get him away from the firearm. But I will tell you, a few weeks later, that guy that was with me, Ryan, he said to me, hey, come here. I want to show you something. And he showed me an article from another jurisdiction nearby where that literally that same scenario happened. And that man went to reach for his firearm and lift it to shoot the officer. And that that outcome was different that night. So for that individual. So, yes, I know. It, and it's that's that story I tell quite a bit because. I had no reason to know. And I think the biggest thing when it comes, especially for women, we are socialized in society, unfortunately, to discount our emotions and our intuition. We're told we're crazy, you know, oh, you're just being emotional. And the biggest thing that women are afraid of is looking rude. I always say you can always apologize later on after the fact if it turns out to be that you were wrong. But your intuition is there for a reason. You literally have brain tissue in your solar plexus. It's called your enteric nervous system. And that's the reason why women will get the feeling that they've been kicked in the gut um, or that they've been, that there's something that they have a bad, they have a, a gut feeling. How can we help women hone into that feeling, especially when it comes to not just urban um, environments, but outdoor outdoor adventures too right because you're an outdoor woman you do things outside and um how can we hone those those skills well i mean i it is a skill oh yeah, yeah absolutely so it's innate right i mean it's an innate given gift right so as far as i'm concerned like this is your this is your intuitive your this is your human this is your self-defense right like there were no guns. There were no knives. At some point, people didn't have spears and rocks and flamethrowers and all the things, right, that we can have these days, tasers and pepper sprays and all that kind of stuff. Well, then the number one thing that we can do is be quiet. And I know that being quiet for a lot of people and learning to be still and quieting the mind and discerning between the mental chatter that goes on there and your actual, you know, discernment and and and, and, you know, your soul or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's why, you know, if people are into meditation, that's cool. 
if you're into just like, I'm not big for sitting in one place and meditating. Like I have ADD, I'm sure ADHD, I can't just sit still, but I can go outside and quietly walk and just be present and, and take in my surroundings. Right. So really learning to cut the distraction. That's number one and learning to be still and quiet and allow yourself to feel these things because I'm very fortunate. And I think, I think my whole life, my life's work has been leading up to this, which I didn't know as a child, but I started training in martial arts when I was about five and a half, six years old. Mm -hmm. And we used to do drills in martial arts. I just got really lucky. I just had a really fantastic instructor. It's not like that for everybody, but he used to do blindfold drills where you would learn to get the sense and feel somebody coming up behind you to grab you, which is something that we do in law enforcement training. It's called a hood drill. I've never heard of anybody doing that in a martial arts school, but this guy was just really ahead of his time. So I really got lucky, right? I had that training from a very young age, you know, that the ages of zero to seven, you're in a theta state. Basically you're in a semi-hypnotic brainwave state. But that's something that we can also put ourselves in as an adult. We can put ourselves in that state and visualize how we're going to handle these things. And that's a large part of what I do with my clients. So the biggest thing is like, we have to learn to be quiet. We have to learn to be still, and we need to learn to really start to hone all of our senses. And that's something we can do anytime. Like literally right now, you and I could be having this conversation blindfolded and we would be feeling things differently. Absolutely. And you have to understand too, when one of your senses is taken away, another one becomes heightened. That's just natural reaction. People that have vision loss or hearing loss, I mean, they'll, they'll talk about this, you know, they'll have an incredible sense of smell or a really enhanced sense of hearing if they can't see for some reason. So those things are super important. That's the reason why I'm not a fan of, um, you know, electronics out and about. Like I run, I ride, I hike everything with nothing, no, no headphones, nothing like no music. Um, and I understand, you know, some people really like that and they want that. Um, but you really owe it to yourself and to those that you love to be completely present. Um, and that by in and of itself, just looking at statistics of, you know, studying people that commit crime and then being interviewed after the fact, they look for people that are, that appear to be an easy target. And one of the things that they look for is people that are wearing headphones. And this is not my research. This is the FBI's research. Okay. So that really is important. Even if you, you know, have one earbud in or, you know, you're listening to things really on a low volume, it doesn't frankly matter. The perception is to an individual that wants to to do harm is that you're distracted. And that's all that matters. Perception is reality in that case. Yeah, I agree with you. 100% on that. Plus, like, when you're out in nature, don't you want to listen? Like, don't you want to hear the birds chirping and the river rushing and the trees blowing in the breeze? I do. People just, I do too. People just really have a hard time being with themselves. I I really do believe that. And I know that to be the case because my clients tell me that all the time. I'm like, hey, I want you to go outside and like, I, I really am big on telling people that I want them to go for three 15 minute walks a day. One within within an hour of sunrise. So that way you can get the light receptors in your eyes to be primed. And that really helps with your circadian rhythm and your sleep. I like my clients to go out for a walk midday. So you need to figure out what truly solar noon is in your jurisdiction. And you can look that up online. It's typically somewhere between 12 and 2 p.m., depending on your time zone and your climate. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get another 15 minutes there and that's going to get your maximum vitamin D exposure also, which is awesome. Um, and then a short 15 minute walk after dinner helps with digestion helps to prime your body for sleep. Um, and it also gets you outside again. So three 15 minute walks a day, just no phone, no headphones, no podcasts, no music, like just allow yourself to just be outside and take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about our intuition and some skills that we or some some an activity that we can do to kind of hone our intuition. So we we know that when we get that when we get that vibe, we know we know what it is and we can recognize that so we can act on it. And we've talked a little bit about being aware of our situation. I get asked a lot about like safety things that I should put in my backpack. And we're not talking like food and water and a first aid kit. Like, um, and I get asked a lot this question. I know this, you and I both know the answer to this one, but it's a good, good topic to discuss. And that is, um, like pepper spray, like for humans, bear spray, tasers. Um, and so maybe you could talk about guns. Um, maybe you could talk about like defensive tools that we could have in our backpack. And, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on bear spray on humans because (laughs) it just makes me cringe when I hear people say, Oh, you have bear spray. You can use it on humans. Um, but let's talk about that. I hope I hope you have an attorney on retainer. That's all I, I have, have to say about who's that. An attorney. <laughs> oh, good. Well, but you're not shooting anybody with bear spray. No. Okay, so Hell and no. just to, and just to put that like put a nice little pretty bow on it. If if like all you hear in this podcast is this, if something doesn't feel right, it's not right. That's all I need. You have permission. That's the biggest takeaway from that first part of our conversation. So. Yeah, moving on, I call this the eleventh essential, right? So if you're familiar with the ten essentials, I think you should have an eleventh. Um, and that is some sort of ability to multiply your force, some sort of tool. So what are the big ones you mentioned? Okay. So we've got, we've got less lethal and then we have lethal and I don't believe there's no such thing as non-lethal. So just take that idea out of your head because water can be lethal. You can waterboard someone, you could drink too much water. You could have an allergic reaction to pepper spray. You could have a cardiac event from being tased. Right. So all those things we've got. So let's start with We'll start with non-lethal and then we'll move to lethal. And each of them have their pros and cons, right? I mean, it's situational. This is dynamic. And it truly depends on, one, your tolerance for risk and your willingness to train initially and consistently. um, And also just, you know, your personal values and morals, right? Because that's up to every individual person. I don't tell anybody what's right for them. You need to make that decision for yourself. So pepper spray. Pepper spray is recognized. Any of these things that I talk about, number one, you need to check, check your local listings and check (laughs) your, check your law and make sure that what I'm telling you is legal where you are. Okay. You also need to understand that a lot of times when you're out hiking on trails, it might be a local jurisdiction that has jurisdiction there. Maybe it's state. It could be federal. There are a lot of national parks in this country and you wouldn't even recognize that you're on it. Like, well, I, I was just in a state park. Like, right. You were, you parked in a state park, you walked up a trail and then you got on the Appalachian trail and that's technically federal jurisdiction. So if something happens on that trail, federal law is more likely going to apply, not state or local law. So with that being said, pepper spray, Most places, pepper spray is legal. The pro of pepper spray, you'll pepper spray somebody and it's going to potentially like make them really unhappy and hurt and blind them temporarily and have make them have a hard time breathing. The cons, 
it violates rule number one of what I talked about earlier. Distance plus cover equals time. Time is what we're trying to buy. Distance, you do not have good distance with pepper spray. No. You need to be super close, super close. Um, and that is problematic because if somebody's that close already, we've, we're already in the zone of reaction. It, action is way faster than reaction. The person or animal that knows that they're going to attack you or wants to attack you has a head start on you because their brain is already going, I'm going to attack her. So your reaction is naturally just going to be slower. So pepper spray, I don't like it because you're right up on top of somebody that's distance is an issue. Number two, it is not something where, and you've been pepper sprayed, I'm sure. I've been pepper sprayed in training. It's, oh, it's, a, great ex it's a great experience. Let me tell you, I'm being sarcastic. But <laughs> When you get pepper sprayed, it is not an instantaneous thing. So it makes contact with your skin and your eyes, and then it has to kind of like bake in before it's actually effective. So that's giving this person or animal time to even close the distance further, grab you and contaminate you with pepper spray, right? So now you've pepper sprayed them, they've gotten it on you, and now you're both can't see and it's a mess, right? That's number. And then number three, the biggest thing is, is that pepper spray doesn't work on everyone. Oh, there, there is there is always that one lucky police recruit that they hose <laughs> in the face with pepper spray and the person just stands there like, really, that's all you got? I was praying that was going to be me. That was not me. No, not I was like, oh, I'm, I ate a lot of hot food. I'll be totally fine. And I'm like, a, I'm, then I'm like a baby on the ground screaming and crying. It was awful. I couldn't breathe. So yes, that those are the big things. And I know people say, well, I have this like pepper spray gun. I have this gel. It's a foam. It's a, I, look, I don't care. It's pepper spray. All right. I'm a pepper spray instructor. I could sell you pepper spray and make a lot of money off my wholesale pepper spray account. I don't sell it. I don't like it. The end. So that's number one. Number two, bear spray, because bear spray is similar to pepper spray, except it's in this giant canister. Yeah. Bear spray is great for bears and <laughs> other, and other wildlife. It is not great for humans. And here's why. Pepper spray where legal is defined as a self-defense tool to be used against a human threat. Bear spray is considered to be a chemical caustic substance, kind of like raid wasp and hornet spray or acid that you would throw in somebody's face. So if you use an improvised weapon, and this drives me nuts, there's all of these like tactical guys, you know, military guys, yeah. guys that wanted to be in the military that almost served. And they're out there on YouTube telling people to have bear spray and raid wasp and hornet. Yes. And I'm like, yes, you are going to probably be charged with a crime, which is be which is throwing a chemical substance in somebody's face. Thank so you, you need to be you need to be completely prepared for that. Like, I'm not telling you that in a pinch, if you know, if you have to do what you got to do to protect yourself, okay. But I wouldn't run around telling people like, oh, I have this bear spray or this raid wasp and hornet spray in my bag in case, you know, Timmy comes to try to attack me. Like that answer is you're going to go to jail. That's it. Yeah. So I would say that's kind of like your first bucket is like all these pepper sprays and stuff. Recently, I've had a lot of people saying to me, like, well, I'm going to carry a baton. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because batons, yeah. <laughs> bat baton, a baton is usually spelled out in your legal, in your code, in your state as being a device that's not allowed for self-defense. It is truly a tool of law enforcement and armed security professionals, okay? You have to go through training. It's a pain. And I'm just going to, like, let you in on a little secret. It sucks as a tool. Like, 
a lot of police officers, if it's not, yeah, the expandable yeah. one that collapses, yeah. which is what 99% yeah. of jurisdictions carry now. This is not like your billy club of the of the 1960s through 80s, right? Or 90s. This is like, it's just, it sucks. Like people take it off their belt and then their police departments tell them with an order that they have to have it on them. Because just like pepper spray, a lot of cops will take their pepper spray and their baton off of their off of their kit because it's yeah. heavy and it's yeah. in the way and they're like i don't even use this so what's yeah. the point so yeah baton just take that straight out of your head like no you hit somebody with a stick because you have no other option okay but you're not carrying a baton then we move into the realm of taser and i look full disclosure like i'm a partner with taser um i sell tasers i train taser i think they're a great option they're not a panacea. They're not like the be all end all perfect fix for everything, but I think they're a better solution than a pepper spray. Mm. So the nice thing about tasers is that it's the same stopping power as the law enforcement taser. And let me quickly go back. There is a difference between a stun gun and a taser. Taser is a brand. Taser is a patented device. The taser actually shoots a cartridge. Uh, uh, it shoots probes out of the device. Oh, okay. okay. Where a stun gun is something that you just touch to somebody for pain compliance. I'm and glad you clarified that. Yeah. Because so a, a, you don't a want to taser, be close. you don't want to be close, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the whole point. The taser allows for about so the taser pulse, and I normally have one on my desk. Uh, and taser sending me another device to give away. Well, I gave the first one away out of my pocket, and then they're like, "Oh no, we'll send you a device to give away." So cool. they're sending me a device. So by the time you hear this podcast episode in a few days, there'll be another giveaway going on. Uh, which is awesome. So they shoot about, it's about 15 feet. So that's essentially two queen beds stacked head to head or footboard to footboard or the length of like a normal SUV, like a Nissan Xterra. I have a GX 470. It's about 15 feet. So that gives you an idea about a full yeah. size SUV's length. So that gives you a nice distance to stand off from somebody. I never want anybody any closer than 15 feet anyway. So that's the whole distance piece. It buys you time, so distance, it gives you some cover, right, and time. So it's a 30-second ride. So you're 30 seconds of incapacitation. So that's it's designed to be thrown to the ground and you take off running. Same stopping power as the law enforcement taser, except the law enforcement taser is only good for five seconds because it's just designed to help get somebody's hands and handcuffs and that's it. Taser will replace the device if it's used in self-defense and you file a police report and send it to them. Oh, fantastic. Which is, which is awesome. They have something yeah. called the safe they have something called the safe escape guarantee. You can use the single shot taser pulse, which is what I'm a big fan of. They have another one that's a single shot called the bolt. It looks more like a flashlight if you don't like the idea of something looking like a gun, kind of. Um, and then they have the thing like the actual professional tasers now that you can carry too. They've made those, those are available for self-defense purposes. If you're a guy or if you're carrying a kit when you're out on the trail um, mm -hmm. or you're using it for home defense, that's like the actual law enforcement taser X2, which is what I carried. You can now buy it's legal for civilians to buy. Oh, fantastic! Um, cool. So that's all the pros. What yeah. are the cons? Cause let's just be transparent, right? There are cons with every device, every tool. Mm -hmm. Um, you could have an issue where the probe does not make good connection with the person. So the single shot taser, um, the the pulse and the bolt, um, it, it's one laser and you aim for the belly button. And then the second, it's it's amazing, the engineering, but the second probe just comes out on its own. You don't have to like turn the device or do anything. It's pretty awesome. You could miss and yeah. you only have one shot, right? So yeah. let's be real. Winter clothing, that's a giant challenge for the taster, even in a law enforcement situation where someone's got a big down jacket on or a winter coat, heavy, thick clothing in the wintertime, sweatshirts. 
if the probe doesn't make good contact, then you don't get what's called neuromuscular incapacitation or full muscle lockup. Um, you still have a stun gun though, because that thing then turns into a stun gun for pain. So oh. you can pain comp- or if you miss, if one if one probe hits and the other one doesn't, you can complete the circuit by touching, like let's say you missed in the thigh, but you hit the belly button, the, the abdomen area. You, you could touch the leg and it will complete the circuit and they'll go down for 30 seconds as long as you're in contact with them. Um, but yeah, those are the big ones. Like you could miss and it might not make good a good contact. But I'll tell you what, like if if you get a good connection, the person's going down like a tree. That's just how it is. Like there's there's no like, oh, you're immune to it like pepper spray. It's you're done. Um, and then the last thing is a gun. Um yeah. look, I'm not an anti-gun, you know, I'm a I'm a firearms instructor, but I don't think it's the perfect solution either. And I don't I'm not that person out there going like everybody needs to be out there with a firearm, right? No, like let's be real. You might have moral issues with that, you might have ethical issues with that. You, you might have mobility incapacity, you know, some sort of um, limitation that you don't want to carry. Um, yes, you run the risk of potentially having a negligent discharge. There are no accidents when it comes to firearms. Or only ne- there's only negligence, okay? You are responsible for every activation of that trigger, whether it's an accident or it's intentional. Um, a cartridge, that co- a, a bullet projectile that comes out of a firearm could travel up to a mile unimpeded. So you're responsible for every bullet that comes out of that muzzle. Um, it's cumbersome to carry. Not everybody wants to carry it. There's a lot of liability. You need strong level of initial training. You need ongoing continuing training and you need realistic training. Not I go to the range, I stand in a booth, I point the gun at a piece of paper that's not moving or shooting back at me or trying to attack yeah. me. So you really need an instructor like me who's been in a in a tactical situation or someone like you if you were a firearms instructor that's been stress inoculated and could, understands how to train in a tactical fashion, not just you go to the range and you learn how to put holes in a piece of paper. So that's it. I mean, the, you know, a gun is a is a good solution, too. I mean, if you want to carry one. But again, you could be looking at issues where you have a concealed permit. Does it have to be open carried? Can it be concealed? Where should it be? It should never be in your bag. OK, let's just start right there. Any of these <laughs> things I talk about, I don't care if it's a gun, yeah. a pepper spray or taser. It needs to be rapidly accessible and on your belt mm-hmm. and on your person. Um, retention is a huge issue. You have to train for retention. Um, and that's the number one threat that any soldier, police officer, et cetera, trains for is how do I keep my tools on my body so that they're not taken away and used against me? Um, so those are the, really the biggies. Um, if you are going to carry a firearm, uh, more than likely, I mean, you're, you're going to be carrying a pistol, Mm -hmm. um, and and unless you're carrying like a collapsible nine millimeter carbine, like, a like a Caltech sub 2000 or something like that, that takes a Glock that takes a Glock magazine, but you know, most people, when I do see them carrying on trail, they're deeply concealing and they might be doing it illegally. And it's just like, oh, you know, you hear people say, well, I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six. And it's like you say that now. But when you're going through the reality of being taken to, to jail and charged with a crime, I mean, you're looking at at least a minimum of one hundred thousand dollars to defend yourself. Yeah. For something serious like murder. And let's be honest, like most people don't invest the time in training. 
because it's expensive to buy a firearm. It's expensive to buy the ammunition for the firearm. It's expensive to go to the gun range and shoot. And I'm sorry, but your your daddy teaching you how to shoot while he's drinking a, bun- a bottle of Coors Light is not huh. like that's not that's not the kind of training that that we're talking about. So law enforcement statistics is that. So let's say you have some high speed SWAT team member that's like a sniper, right? And mm-hmm. and and he or she has a use of force incident in in the line of duty. Your shooting proficiency immediately drops by 30%. So if you're a hundred percent shot, you're gonna shoot 70%. So what's that mean? That means seven out of ten shots hit the intended target. So my question is, where'd the other three go? Yeah. They, into, yeah. into a person, somebody's house, you know, a van. You know, well, the joke is always like, you know, a you know, a van full of nuns. Like, it's, oh, yeah, I, and that's law enforcement humor for you. But that, yeah. I mean, truly though, that's that's the reality. Like, Murphy shows up when you want him, when you least expect him and don't want him there. Right? That's Murphy's law for you. So, if you're going to carry a firearm, just understand that your proficiency is going to go way, way down, way, way down. Um, and that's, and that's just what's up. So you need to be prepared for that. And it's just something that I got to tell you, like maybe two out of 10 of my clients are really up for the, I want to dry fire practice all the time at home. I'm going to be a tactical squirrel kind of person. Most people are just like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Or we recognize that I don't, I don't hike with a gun, but we don't recognize that there's other things that we can do. Like we don't instantly have to go, as you talked about the levels, we don't have to instantly go to that top level. Right. So when I'm working on, I'm working on a a quiz right now called what's your self-defense style. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to help people identify one of three things. I call them the Zen master, the tech guru, and, and, and like the firepower guns ablaze in person, right? Like you've got three kind of personality tolerances for that sort of thing. And and that's kind of how it breaks down, but I don't know, like, what are you tell me, like, what are the state laws that you see or federal jurisdiction when it comes to firearms? What, what's the, what's the deal with that normally? I think that like you mentioned before, like you got to know what it is here in Wyoming, we do have concealed carry. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know, like, I'm not, I'm not part of the gun community. My husband shoots trap on Tuesday nights with his buddies and we have, we have a whole gun closet locked up, but we don't hunt. And so it's mostly just recreational shooting, but I, it's a topic I stay away from because I don't know that much about it when it comes to like hiking on the trail with a firearm. I don't know. I I think the biggest thing is number one, like, no matter what, if you do decide that you want to carry, like one, you absolutely positively should consult with a with a firearms attorney in your area. Yeah. Um, United States Concealed Carry Association is a place that you could start looking from that point forward. They have a they maintain a nationwide directory of attorneys that are associated with them. You can look at getting concealed carry insurance. USCCA also does that. That's something I would I'm an instructor for them, but I don't actively really train um, for them. But that's something to also consider too. Like I would be carrying liability insurance. I would be carrying liability insurance through USCCA or a similar provider if I'm carrying a taser. That is that I would consider that too. That's just an extra layer of protection I would think about seriously. Um, And then you really need to know, you need to be aware of, you know, ignorance of the law is no defense, I guess is at the end of the day, right? So 
if you are going to carry, you need to know where you can carry, when you can carry and how you can carry some places, you know, it, it, it has to be in a hard, it has to be in a holster that, that shrouds the trigger guard, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it needs to be on body and not in your bag. It really needs to be readily accessible. You need to practice with it. Like if you're going to hike with a gun, like, uh, you need to find a way to go to the range and train with your pack on and draw from, you know, the position yes. of you having it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. Like when you're in the army, they didn't just like send you out yeah. there in your BDUs and like no gear and say like, Hey, no. go shoot this rifle. Like you train the way you're going to fight. Right. So it's the same thing. Um, that's really why, like, I bring a completely different level to my training. Like, I I bring a level of training that I just don't see out in the market now because the reality is you do have to train like you fight. Um, and if that's what you're going to do. So if you're going to do any of this stuff, you need to train with your pack on. And I don't care if it's, you know, a 20 liter little day pack or if you're carrying some monster 60 liter, like, you know, I'm out, I'm out in the woods for weeks at a time. You need to train with your gear. Yes. Well, and Zoom is going to kick us off in two minutes and 30 seconds because I'm too cheap to to pay for Zoom. So really fast, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and where we can find you and where we can learn more so that we can be trained and um, just have more awareness of our surroundings and our and our abilities when we head to the backcountry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just head over to Instagram. You could follow me there, Colette Buyer. Um, and then ColetteBuyer.com is my website. Um, right now, it's very focused on luxury real estate agents because that's predominantly who I've been serving as of late. Um, but don't be don't be shy, you know, because of that information. Don't be turned away. It's it's really for everyone. It's just through that lens. Um, I really do believe that personal protection is your competitive advantage in life, especially when it comes to business entrepreneurship um, and, and real estate agents have that need. But so do women that are on the trail. Like you're a hard charging, high performance woman um, who wants to kick back and relax and get out on the trail and for some stress relief. Um, you owe it to yourself and the people that you love in your life to make sure that you're safe and come home in one piece. Um, and, and that's it. So taser training, I do that nationwide. We can do that virtually. I have a program called Survival Signals, which is all about intuitive self-defense. Um, I run that live right now, but that will be coming an on-demand program. Um, and then I do some other one-to-one coaching for people that really want personal attention. Awesome. Well, I wish we weren't on different sides of the country because <laughs> I feel like those are my those are skills of mine that have perished since leaving the military. And I would love to maybe I'll well let's do it. Let's get let's get a learn something. Let's get a group. Right? Yeah, let's get a group together and uh I travel. So get a group together cool. and we'll we'll make it happen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you got something out of this conversation. And if you did, we would love for you to let us know what you think over on Instagram. And if you would like to join us for a weekend retreat where we'll gather, you know, a group of women together and learn all of the skills that we talked about or some of the skills that we talked about. If you're interested in that, make sure you head on over to our website, hikelikewoman.com and take out our and take 20 seconds to fill out a survey with four questions uh, and let us know if you're interested. But hey, thanks so much. And I will catch you out on the trails.